You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It sounds like a mess. Total mess. Just like Wally Zerbiak. Wally, good morning. How you been, buddy? Very good, thanks. How you doing, guys? Wally's not a total mess. Why Uh, why couldn't say Wally's a total mess? Wally, what's the story? Now you're in love with this European kid all of a sudden? What's up with him? Well, well, here's the thing. Uh, I, I like him. He's got a lot of good tools. He's got a, a lot of good talents. And, and I, I got to say, I, I can't get his name quite right yet. Some right. refer to him as Frank. Fair enough. <laughs> Until you know, I'm we sure get I'm the pl- exact right. pronunciation correct and we hear how it's supposed to be said, I've heard it said many different ways. And normally I'm good with those pronunciations. But we'll just start with Frank. Uh, listen, he's he's going to be a great complimentary player. He really is. He's he's an elite defender. He's long. He's athletic. Um, I think he's a very smart player. I think he would fit in very well in the triangle. He's battle tested. He's young. He's playing in big games overseas. Um, he's having to play big possessions and, and and make big plays. And he's got a lot of skills and a lot of tools and a lot of talent. And uh, you know, you look at a guy like Antetokounmpo. You know, he went 15 in the draft, and look at what he's become. You know, he's he, he was. You know, thought of as a Greek freak, had a lot of athletic talent, a lot of what people thought was upside. He wasn't a great jump shooter when he got into the league. He's improved that. Frank's the same way, where his question marks are his jump shooting, um, but a lot he's got a lot of all the other other bases covered. So this is a guy that I know the Knicks have been doing a lot of their due diligence on. They've been watching him quite a bit, and um, you know he has the potential teamed up with Porzingis and Hernan Gomez to bring a lot of inter- a little international flair to the Knicks and bring some proven winners, uh, pro- bring a proven winner over here. Uh, hey, the I North don't buy any. Well, let me ask you this question: When are they when are they getting rid of Carmelo, and where is he going? Well, I got to give you credit, Booms. You've been you've been pretty spot on with Carmelo. You know, I remember Carmelo Anthony back in the day when I played against him when he was in a Nugget uniform mm-hmm. and he was an elite athlete and elite defender um, that could just dominate a game. You know, with his ability to score. And you know, this year, a funny little uh, uh, gentleman's bet Alan Hahn and I had was I thought Carmelo Anthony would get over twenty dunks. Alan Hahn said no way at the beginning of the year. Do you know how many dunks he ended up with at the end of the year? Twelve. He only had twelve dunks. So what that says to me is that he's not the same athletically. He's still a great jump shooter. He's still a great one-on-one player, has a great pull-up game. And actually, I think his three-point three shooting has gotten better as he's gotten older in his career. But he's just lost a step physically and athletically. And in the NBA now, the game is changing. I mean, we saw the finals, the way those two teams were running up and down the floor, how young those guys are, how athletic those guys are. And the fact that Carmelo Anthony, I remember him getting five dunks in a game back in his prime, uh, in his athletic prime. And now he only had 12 dunks for the season. That's, that, 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 that's just a sign of how his body has, uh, has lost a step physically. And well, athletically. there's no question about that. And also just the whole, you know, the whole lack of leadership and all that other stuff, highest paid player and all that. But I, I was just wondering, you know, when, when Phil Jackson came out and said what he said in regards to Carmelo Anthony and, you know, and, and waving the no trade clause and all that other stuff, I mean, as a former NBA player, were you were you taken aback by what Phil was saying, given the fact that it was re- it was real and it's exactly what should be said? <laughs> Phil Phil doesn't pull punches. He doesn't mess around. I remember we played against Phil in the in the in the playoffs two three years in a row when I was with the Timberwolves, and he took some shots at me at the media, and I was like, really. 
Really? I mean, here I was coming off a great regular season, second-leading scorer for the Timberwolves, and he just went right at me. And that's what he does. You know, he plays mind games. He's not afraid to speak the truth. Um, he's seen enough on the floor where, you know, he's been there for three years. Carmelo Anthony's been there for three years, and Carmelo still puts up points. He still gets to the All-Star game, but the league has gotten good. You know, other teams have really gotten improved, especially in the East. And, uh, you know, the Knicks, the fact that they weren't able to win with Carmelo Anthony on this roster, I think Phil is figuring out, you know, we need to go in maybe in a different direction. We need to start the rebuilding process. It's unfortunate that they didn't start the rebuilding process three years ago because they thought with Carmelo Anthony in a Nick uniform, they would be able to make the playoffs. They would be able to compete and win games, and it hasn't happened. So the past three years have kind of set them back a little bit, but I think it's time to uh, you know, kind of rebuild and go young and kind of reinvigorate the garden with some youth and athleticism and young talent because that's where the game's going right now. Talking to Wally Zerbiak, listen, we all agree with all that. Uh, the problem is that the guy that's making the ultimate decisions has not shown a propensity to make the right ones time and time and time again. And you know, you have to, unless they waive Carmelo Anthony, the notion that they'll do whatever they want, they can't because they gave him the no trade clause. But I want to go back because I'm bothered by what you said about the the Frank. Because I don't know what it's, and I respect how you know more basketball than we do for sure, but I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what it's based on. Like, he's an 18-year-old kid, so I don't know how battle-tested he could possibly be. Everyone that's seen him play in person has said that physically he's going to have a tough time defending in the NBA. No one questions his athletic ability, his speed, the fact that he's a pass-first uh, type of point guard. But, I mean, he's playing, he's a kid, he's an 18-year-old kid playing in Europe. That's not NBA-ready. Yeah, well, look at what Porzingis came in and did. And he was that same skinny 18-year-old kid playing but in Porzingis Europe, putting, is seven up, feet. putting up seven points a game. So, you know, you just you, you, I agree with you. It's tough to project what's going to happen with guys like that. But I, I, I trust a lot of the European kids coming over. I really do. It's not like it used to be where culturally when they come over, they didn't really fit in. You know, the, the, the rap music was a little bit kind of intimidating back in, you know, the mid-90s and stuff like that, where culturally it wasn't, they weren't comfortable. Now right. kids come over and they're comfortable. They really are. And um, they're comfortable with their surroundings. They're comfortable with their teammates. I think uh, NBA players have embraced international talent because you see guys like, um, Ginobili, you see guys like Tony Parker, Stojakovic, you name it. I mean, you know, Dirk Nowitzki, you know, is going to be a Hall of Famer. These guys have made a big time niche in this league, and all these kids overseas, they know the NBA is the best. If you want to play with the best, you go to the NBA mm. and you play with the best, and you sh- showcase your talents there. And you know, this is a kid who's playing in meaningful games against pros, and you, yeah, guys you, you, they're pretty good. There's another part of it that these kids are not a part of any AAU teams, exactly. Which is like the best yeah. part of all of this stuff because they don't come in with a chip on their shoulder thing and they're the greatest players. Exactly. Uh, you know, because some guy at the age of 13 was telling him how great he was and that's right. all he knows for the, ne- the next uh, five or six years. Hey, what about uh, Porzingis and him blowing off his exit meetings and all this nonsense and everything he's talking about? Where is his head at? What, what are you hearing about him? Well, I hope he's just in the gym like his Instagram is showing and working out because that's what he needs to do. Um, you know, he got you know, he was Mr. Style this year on the bench with the with the with the colored shoes and 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 you know, all the all, all the, you know, tight pants and tight clothes and skinny jeans and stuff like that, which is fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, I want you if 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 I'm a Nick fan, I want him focusing on basketball in the off season because 
you know, he can put up numbers. He can really score. There was obviously some, you know, stuff going on behind the scenes with the Knicks that, you know, he wasn't happy about. Yeah, but, but what stuff is that? What 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 stuff are we talking about? We talk about Hornacek. We talking about non-defense. We talking about Carmel Anthony and Phil Jackson. Are we talking about what are we talking about? Well, stuff? I don't know. I I I think the main thing was probably whether to you whether to play the triangle or not to play the triangle, and I think that was probably the issue. And it's obvious that either you're playing the triangle or you're going to be out of town. So the players got to deal with that. And there's nothing wrong with the triangle. It's a glorified motion offense that's won championships. So if you can play, you can play in any offense. And the triangle should suit guys that uh, you know are fundamentally solid. You know, can make each other better, can pass, can cut, can move, um, and can knock down shots. And yeah, uh, the problem though is that if you, you have... can do that. I've ha- I've had enough of complaining about the triangle because you know I looked at myself as a pretty good offensive player. I could have played in any offense. We could have not run one play, and I would have figured out a way to get 20 points a game. So it doesn't matter what offense you're running. Go out there and play it. Go out there and do it. Go out there and play hard and figure out a way to win games. I think it's probably confusing for. I a... think that's something that Porzingis. You know, he's got a ton of talent. And is he going to be that Hall of Fame level talent? Or is he going to be, you know, the second option on the Yeah, but well, it's got to be confusing for a guy like Porzingis and anyone else that plays for this franchise where you have the coach telling you one thing and the coach walks off the floor, the president of the team comes into the gym and pulls guys aside and starts running his own practice. That makes no sense at all. Hey, listen, I played for Kevin McHale, and he was the general manager, vice president. And there were times where he was in practice working with the big men and dictating the way we played some. At times, there's nothing wrong with another voice coming But he did it in conjunction with the head coach, not behind the head coach's back. Well, I mean, uh, uh, trust me, Kevin McHale didn't always have the same uh, the same outlook as Flip Saunders. He didn't want to, you know, run run a a playbook that was 300 pages long like Flip Saunders did and call every single play. You know, he had he had a few different philosophies and he wasn't afraid to voice those. That happens. There's nothing wrong with that. Over the course of an 82 game season, when you're listening to the same head coach over and over and over again, there's nothing wrong with a guy with 11 rings coming down and helping out at a practice once in a while. I'm sorry. Well, That's the most ridiculous thing. No, I disagree. So when he can come in and say a few things. It's just unfortunate that overall the talent on this team was not able to win. And part of the reason why is because your star player, I mean, we, we start pointing fingers at Hornacek and uh, Phil Jackson. The bottom line is Carmelo Anthony is, can't move on the defensive right. end of the floor. And when your defense is that bad because you've got to cover up for Porzingis, who's not the most mobile guy, and he's trying to play the four with, with Hernan Gomez at the five and then Carmelo Anthony at the three, you're slow with your foot speed at those three positions. Well, at those two positions. Hernan Gomez is fast with, at, at the five with his foot speed. So, I mean, offenses are breaking down the defense right and left. They're giving up a ton of points, and we're trying to point at a dysfunction between, between Phil Jackson and Jeff Hornacek. Right. The bottom line is you can't guard anyone because your guys can't move, and they can't keep up with the other team, and they're running circles around. And then you ask so. yourself the question, who put the players on the court in the first place? Who made the decisions? I know that Phil Jackson did not make the decision to bring Carmelo here, but he did make the decision to give him a no-trade clause, which basically is hamstringing the Knicks right now, which brings me to my next question. What – what give me give me one or two teams that would want Carmel Anthony, you know the slow-footed defensive player that no longer has the athleticism that he had once once that scared that that scared everybody. What teams would want him right now, and what could the Knicks get for him, or are the Knicks going to have to do the stretch provision and basically buy him out? We'll see. If the Knicks do the stretch provision, it's obvious that nobody wanted him. 
I would be shocked if nobody wanted him, especially with the way the salary cap's going, what he makes. You know, you put him on an elite team where maybe even he's he becomes a third or fourth option, maybe even a, 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 a you know a scorer off the bench on a, on, a, on a NBA championship caliber team. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine there's no teams in the NBA of the thirty wow. team, or twenty-nine teams that wouldn't want him. Thirty you know? million bucks it's going to cost somebody. To, to take us as soon as he gets traded, obviously there's the kicker that goes into the yep. back end of the contract. Um, does that? Let me ask you a question. If they do do the the stretch provision where they end up buying him out essentially, right? And he then goes and signs with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Does that does that provision kick in, or is now no, is he free to he, sign he, with anybody for any checks. amount of money? He gets two checks. He gets, he gets the checks. check from the Knicks, and he gets the check from the other team. Which could be less than what it would be if another team had to trade for him and not give up anything because they know that the Knicks are going to have to get rid of him. There's oh, no yeah, way. well, that's the move for other teams. Then other teams could get Carmelo Anthony for a veteran's minimum while the Knicks are paying his you know, contract out. And, yeah, and do, you believe, do you believe there's, there's no – is there any scenario under which Carmelo Anthony will be in a Knicks uniform next year? Yeah. I think he really wants to be, and he's held a no-trade clause. And if Carmelo Anthony at this point in his career, I think it's, for me, at my point where he is in his career, I was at that point when I was about 29 years old. I was traded to Seattle. It was a a team that wasn't going anywhere. It was Durant's rookie year. They were rebuilding. My single mission was to get traded to a contender. And I played my butt off for for five months in the beginning of the, the, halfway through the season, I got traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I wanted to have a chance to win a title. I, I mean, for me, I don't know why Carmelo Anthony wouldn't want that, but you know, he obviously likes New York. He likes being settled here. He loves playing in the garden. This is where he's always envisioned him. So different people, you know, don't have that inner desire to, to, to maybe win a championship because, you know, Phil has flat out said, listen, Carmelo, we're not, we're not very close to, you know, that goal. You know, he's basically said it, which is interesting to say it to the fan base. But at the same time, he's kind of, he, he wants Carmelo Anthony to be like most you know, uh, veterans and be like, okay, it's time for me to go chase a ring, to get a ring. Right. David West, he went to Golden State. He went to um, San Antonio. He just said, I've accomplished everything. He left $10 million on the table. I want that ring. That's what most veterans want to do. But maybe Carmelo Anthony's different. Well, you never know. Before we let you go, I, I want to make sure, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I just want to make sure I have this right. I, I'm getting the sense that you respect the job that Phil Jackson's done here. And don't put the blame on him for where the Knicks are at. I just want to make sure yes. I have that right. Yes, I do. How is I that? Do. How is that possible? Because I know how hard it is to win in the NBA. Like it's been, he's been and a level of incompetence that's unmatched. He, he inherited a team that was behind the eight ball competing with other teams in the East. We, we tend to forget that Atlanta has been a perennially good team, and they continue to make good moves in the front office. Milwaukee continues to draft well. Hires a good coach. They continue to build upon talent year after year after year. Phil Jackson stripped the team down to absolutely nothing, and hired Der- and hired Derek Fisher as its which, head coach. Which I think I think I, which I think he was doing a pretty good job because Derek Fisher oh, come on. had Carmelo Anthony's ear, and at the beginning of that year, the way that team was playing at twenty-one and twenty. I thought it was incredible that they were competing the way they were with that roster on the team. Phil Jackson might be the worst executive in the history of the NBA. I disagree with that statement. I mean, three straight years, losing over 50 games. What's he done that warrants respect? It's not easy to win in the NBA. It's not. And, you know, he he signed Carmelo Anthony because that's a guy that puts people in the seats. 
and he helped sell tickets at the Garden. And How about the Noah deal? sold out. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know. How about the listen, Noah deal, Going though? into last season, did you think they were going to be that bad? I thought he did a pretty good job. I thought he, re- he assembled getting Joakim Noah, getting Derrick Rose, getting Courtney Lee, getting Carmelo Anthony and Porzingis. You can't tell me you didn't think that team was I thought they'd be better for sure, but I didn't realize how bad Noah was physically. And they gave him $72 million bucks when no one else offered him half that. I, I that, said you that, don't that I agree was a bad move. I, I mean, would have said two no, years, fine you, with yes. Joakim Noah, not four years. I guess they had yeah. to go four because somebody else obviously wanted him. Yeah. Uh, then they brought in Derrick Rose who decides to go missing in action, kind of like Matt Harvey did with the Mets. Right. I, I mean, look, you know, this is like a drama-filled season. They got to move Carmelo. He's got to get out of here, and they got to start over. And I'm with Wally. You know, you they started. Both nuts. They started too late. I mean, you know, it's kind of like the Jets. Like the Jets got drunk with the ten and six Ryan Fitzpatrick Jets, and then they tried to follow <laughs> that up the next year by adding some other veterans, and it never worked. I out. honestly can't believe my ears here. Uh, this this is shocking to me that. I got a great amount of respect for what you do, Wally, and basketball. Like I said, you know more than me and Boomer combined. But to to say that he's that you respect the job he's done is like blasphemy. Well, I'm on the record last summer in saying that if this team doesn't make the playoffs, it's not on Phil Jackson, and I said it during the summer before the season. No, you're being consistent. I get all that. Off getting Derrick Rose, Joakim Noah, former MVPs, defensive players of the year. Yeah, I know Joakim was at the end. Is, is hurt, but hey, you know, guys get hurt. You don't, you know, you, you you can blow out a knee in the first game of the year. I mean, that happens in sports. That's something he couldn't control. I mean, I mean then the whole thing with Kurt Rambis be being a defensive down. coordinator, I knew, I he was a little banged up and broken down. But you you Ugh. trust your your doctors, you trust your therapist to say, okay, am I, if I'm giving Joakim Noah, I would think they did the due diligence with the doctors and the physicals to say, okay, he's he, he'll probably be able to play four years. I would think that was the information. Like, don't you think? Losing 50-plus games in three straight years is enough of a sample? I, well, I mean, the way it turned out last year, it's got to fall down on someone and Phil's the guy that put together the team. But I go on record saying last summer that I thought Phil did his job putting those guys around Carmelo Anthony. And to me, the fact that it didn't work, it's got to fall on the fact that the coach couldn't make it work and the fact that the leader of those lock, that locker room, whoever that was, the top three players, Carmelo, Derrick Rose, Joe Kim, Noah, Porzingis, I put it on those four guys. The players are the guys that put the ball in the basket on the floor. Phil Jackson's not the guy that goes out there and puts the ball in the basket and defends and uh, blocks shots and gets steals. No, he puts the team together, get, and know. the deals that he has made and not made, uh, when you compare him to the guys that are really good at it in the NBA, I mean, he's in kindergarten. Other guys are getting their doctorate. I mean, he's in a joke. An absolute joke as a team president. It's... <laughs> um. Like it's, I mean, there's no other way for me to put it. He has been an outright, unmitigated disaster as a team president. Listen, listen. Uh, there's nothing wrong with you saying that. You can have that opinion. I mean, it's factual. Okay? But I've been. Uh, look, the facts definitely point in that direction. I am not. I am not disposing of that. No question. I agree with what you're saying. But at the same time, last year, with what he did putting that team together, I did not envision them going south the way they did. You know what I, I think? I always think, Wally, well, you know, I always think this. And you, you, you talked about Kevin McHale. I'll talk about Popovich. I'll talk about Bill Belichick. I'll talk about Danny Ainge and what he's doing up in, in Boston. Sure. You know, it, there is a culture that is around every That's team. The key. That's and there is no culture for the right. Knicks. And I think that's probably what's driving Porzingis crazy as well. So that's, got, that's my take right. on it.
We got to move right. along here. I'm sure there's plenty more of this coming up in the months to come. Oh, yeah. Always appreciate you coming on, though, pal. We'll talk to you again soon. Anytime, and I'll see you next Tuesday. Yeah, appreciate that. All good. While he's playing our golf, my golf tournament. Oh. While he's playing in the golf tournament. And he can't play softball. Well, you know, he's got you know, the whole thing going on. I thought he was giving you the old see you next Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> did too. <laughs> All right. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. <laughs> 